0: You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.
1: You are now jacked into the virtual matrix. Please stand by. Who are you? For the latest in professional wrestling.
2: I am the master of the middle finger.
1: Video gaming.
3: Cheap ass sorry sons of bitches.
1: And movie and entertainment.
3: Beer drinker. Among beer drinkers.
1: And here is your host. All I'm offering is the truth. Nothing JJ. Guys, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. Of course, I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay. Just got finished watching a little bit of uh, SmackDown on the Sci Fi Network tonight. Interesting show, which we'll get into momentarily, but big props go out to my wife, of course, who decided to put together a down home Southern cooked meal for me tonight. Chicken fried steak, cornbread, homemade mashed potatoes and gravy. Ugh, it's been so long since I had a a good home cooked down south meal. So uh big props going out to Harmony for that one. But uh again guys, welcome to the show. We got a packed show tonight. We're going to do the Smackdown recap. We are expecting at the top of the hour Vance Archer. You know him as Lance Hoyt to join the program. Of course, Chris Kelly from com going to stop by, give us the news of the week. And then in the second hour, we're going to break down a little bit of video gaming news. Uh, a big story going around right now. <laughs> a little late, in my opinion. A uh, former backup singer for Cypress Hill wanting to sue Rockstar Games because he feels his gimmick was infringed that the character of CJ from uh, San Andreas was basically his story and uh, he's suing rockstar games for that about six years after the fact so we'll be covering that and of course tomorrow is the spike video game awards on spike tv and one of the big rumors is mass effect 3 is going to be debuted tomorrow on that program but uh, again i am mr money on the mic jj sexy it's good to be here on a friday night with you guys So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and break down what happened on SmackDown tonight. We start the show off with uh, a promo from Kane, who basically says that he's tired, he wants it to end, don't we all, Kane? I think that myself and the rest of the entire internet wrestling community is in your corner on this one. We completely... Want this whole charade, this facade, this crock of shit that's been going on between you and Edge to end. And hopefully, our prayers will be answered at TLC and there will be no more Edge and Kane. But of course, he's cutting the promo. Edge interrupts. We have another backstage segment where Edge basically threatens to hit Paul Bearer with the chair. He finally does. And of course, we move on to our first match of the night The All-American Jack Swagger, or the All-American Oklahoman American, Jack Swagger, basically has a matchup with Caval. This was a pretty good match. A couple of botches, though, going through this match. At one point, Swagger has Caval on his shoulder. He pretty much throws him off the shoulder. Caval lands on his legs, and it looks like at that point he messes up his ankle. Now, at first, you know, you would think this would be something that was staged on on this show. But uh, upon further review, and of course the news coming out, looks like Caval is having uh, somewhat of an ankle uh, injury. So um, this basically helped Jack Swagger win the match as he applied the ankle lock to Caval, who did his best to wrestle the match with a hurt ankle. And if he wasn't hurt, kudos to the WWE for giving Caval... Uh, well, for him selling the injury because, quite frankly, he did a fantastic job, if it was, in fact, a work. So uh, kudos to Jack Swagger and Caval in this match. Again, Swagger making Caval tap out uh, via the ankle lock. Um, oh, man, how do I even go – how do I transition into this? As you all know, I am a huge fan of the Swagger soaring eagle. And last week on the program, we saw – a little bit of a confrontation between Swagger Soaring Eagle and, of course, that little troll, Hornswoggle. And Beth Phoenix was involved, which basically allowed Hornswoggle to get the best of the Swagger Soaring Eagle. Well, tonight we actually saw the continuation of that because the Swagger Soaring Eagle had a match with Hornswoggle. And it was what you would expect, uh, you know, the Eagle dominating the Leprechaun in many instances. Love the big boot to the face. That was that was pretty good. Uh, and, and then the ultimate insult to injury, or in my opinion, what I would consider an insult to uh, a great performer, the swagger-soaring eagle pulls out the ball and elbow. One week after MVP is released from the company, and the crowd even yells ballin' when he does it. So he hits the balling elbow on Hornswoggle. And basically showboats a little bit. Well, this obviously comes down to the, uh, the downfall of the Swagger Soaring Eagle as uh, he ends up getting hit <laughs> with the Tadpole Splash from Hornswoggle. And uh, there you have it. The Bird has been beaten yet again by Hornswoggle. Uh, the funniest thing on this match, because the match was horrible, much as I love the Eagle, was horrible. The funniest part of this whole match was Michael Cole's commentary when he said, "You know, Hornswoggle's got to be got to got to take it easy here cuz it's a PG product. He can't flip the bird." um pumps. Probably the funniest thing that happened in that match. Uh, next up we have the Intercontinental Championship on the line. Once again, Kofi Kingston who they had a huge video package on Kofi Kingston building him up. Um, taking on, of course, the Intercontinental Champion, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, pretty good match back and forth. There were times you thought that Kofi was going to get the win on, uh, on Dolph Ziggler. Didn't happen. Uh, of course, the finality came when Jack Swagger, who's still pissed off about not getting the Intercontinental title shot, uh, interferes in the match and puts Kofi Kingston in the ankle lock, uh, thus making you know Kofi get the win via disqualification. I kind of like the fact they're continuing this angle with Kofi and Swagger. I, I'm I'm tired at this point. No offense to to Ziggler. No offense to Kingston. But I've seen them wrestle enough on this show. Let's let's see something new. I don't want to see the same thing every week. And now that they're shifting it toward Swagger and Kingston, I'm liking that a little bit better. Next up, we have uh, surprisingly enough a Master Lock challenge, which I thought was ridiculous the master lock challenge hasn't been utilized in i don't know how long and chris masters has done everything but win a match up until tonight um you basically had the master lock challenge with cody Rhodes. pretty good little back and forth this cody was really playing the mind games uh using the emery board to clean his fingernails pulling out wipes to wipe off the chair uh, of course he he does get applied the master lock by chris masters and uh, chris masters of course. Wins the challenge. Cody Rhodes didn't break out of the Master Lock. Again, kind of a pointless segment unless they're going to go somewhere with this. Is this to start to Masters getting a push? Who knows? I don't think that's the case, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Next up, probably one of the funniest things of the night. Now I understand completely why they would do what they did. Uh, We're backstage in Teddy Long's office. Of course, we see the new.
4: This is Sparta.
1: Tag Team Champions of the World, Santino and Kozlov, collectively known as Costino. Uh, Chavo Guerrero walks in after Santino gives a very gut-wrenching rendition of We Are the Champions by Queen. So Chavo comes in and says that he's there to take on the champions with a partner of his choosing later on. So next up we, uh, we go down to the ring for this matchup. Obviously, Costino makes it down as the tag team champions. Chavo comes out and introduces his new partner, Drew McIntyre. Match goes south very quickly when (laughs) Chavo is hit with the Cobra and pinned by Santino Morella. And at this point, McIntyre not happy with the situation. So he hits the future shock DDT on Chavo Guerrero and that's pretty much the end of that alliance. Now, I don't know how anybody else feels about this, but my question is, what the hell are they doing with Drew McIntyre? It's like WWE doesn't even know what they want to do with Drew right now. Uh they're they're so lost on what to do with this guy. It's like, "Oh, uh, we put him in a tag team with Cody." Uh, you know, he was the chosen one when he debuted. They've kind of pulled away from the chosen one gimmick. I mean, he's just kind of stuck there. So I'm not really sure where they're going with this Drew McIntyre uh, push. I mean, who knows at this point? I just know that I would like to see him maybe back in the Intercontinental title hunt. You know, right now you have Dolph as the champion. Obviously, you're not going to have another heel go after it. Um, it almost makes sense to give the title back to Kofi and then have Drew beat Kofi. I, I just I think they need to do something to kind of freshen up the mid-card and go a certain way. Uh, Crelly in chat saying maybe turn McIntyre face. I don't know that McIntyre at this point would be a believable face. Especially not after attacking his tag team partner Chavo. I mean, who knows? But next up, we have our, our women's match. We have Natalia, the WWE Divas champion. Accompanied to the ring by Beth Phoenix. Taking on Layla, who is of course accompanied by Michelle McCool, the other member of LACL. Um, Watching this match, I was very impressed with Layla. I, she gets better every week. I mean, she has vastly improved from you know the first time we ever saw her in a wrestling ring. Obviously, she's a former Diva Search winner, but she's one of the ones that really kind of has gone above and beyond to learn her craft. I think she's, I think she's a better talent than Michelle McCool. I think she works a crowd better than Michelle McCool. And this was a very good match back and forth with Natalia. Of course, the finish comes when um, Natalia hits the sharpshooter on Layla. And at one point, Michelle McCool actually grabs Layla's hands. And Natalia pulls both members of Laycool into the middle of the ring. And uh, obviously Layla taps out as Beth Phoenix takes out Michelle McCool on the outside. Very good match. I really feel like the build for this whole Natalia Beth Phoenix friendship is going to come to a a crashing halt come WrestleMania this year. I think maybe around the Rumble time we'll start to see a little bit of dissension between these two friends because in the end it's about the title. And I think that your WrestleMania uh Diva's match has to be barring injury has to be Beth Phoenix Natalia. I guess I really shouldn't uh fantasy book, but you know, every time I fantasy book from now on I actually have a little sounder that we're going to play. So when I talk about wanting to fantasy book, this is what you're going to hear. That's fantasy booking. So let's move on to the main event, which was kind of strange. The main event was supposed to be Rey Mysterio and Edge taking on Alberto Del Rio. And, of course, the world heavyweight champion, Kane, as the match gets ready to start, Teddy Long comes out and says it's going to be a handicap match because Kane is preoccupied looking for Paul Bearer in the backstage area. So Alberto Del Rio is basically thrust into a handicap match to start things off. Um, but early on, after after a, you know a couple exchanges, Kane comes down, gets back into the fight. Um, Edge basically and Kane go to the back. And this leaves a one-on-one scenario with Alberto Del Rio and Rey Mysterio. Very good match back and forth between the two. Um, Of course, we go to the backstage area and we see (laughs) um, Kane basically chasing after Edge, looking for Paul Bearer. And the thing that that I, I found interesting about this Was that, you know, we saw several little things where, you know, you had the fake pallbearers and Kane is so stupid for falling for it. I mean, the guy that's supposed to be the monster in the company that has done just dastardly things to people, despicable, demonic things, is perplexed at a guy who basically has his quote unquote father in a wheelchair, duct taped, and he falls for every one of these false. Paul Bearer things so we get to the end of the show and you've got Edge saying I wouldn't do that if I were you as Paul Bearer is basically on top of a ladder on on a table uh, overlooking a balcony and Kane's like yeah I'm not gonna fall for this again and of course what does Kane do he pushes it over and down goes Paul Bearer to his quote-unquote possible death how many times this guy died in this company? I guess this would be the second time that Paul Bearer could, could be considered dead. Uh, of course, Kane looks over the railing and realizes that, oh my God, it's my father. I just killed my father. And Edge is standing over there all like, you know, I told you not to do it. Which was kind of funny. But did anybody else really care? I mean, at this point, after everything we've seen over the last three or four weeks... Does anybody care anymore? I, I mean, please, in this at TLC. I don't want to see this anymore. I mean, it's just this whole interaction between the two of them over the last two months has brought this show down, in my opinion. I just, you know, where do you go from here? But anyway, that was your, uh, your SmackDown recap for tonight. Not a horrible show. Not a great show. I'll give it a C. I really want, I really want this shit to end between Kane and Edge. It has to, like, and soon. Like you can't keep doing the same thing week in and week out. It's it's getting kind of crazy. Um, but again, I give it a C. Not a bad show. Looking forward to TLC uh, on December nineteenth. I do want to kind of bring everybody up to speed. I uh, had a a conversation tonight with uh, the power Andy Knowles of the Pro Wrestling Rewind. And uh, he and I got together tonight and had a little discussion about possibly bringing the Rewind back for a a Christmas uh, edition of the Rewind right here on the SNS Radio Network. And it looks like that is probably going to happen uh, on the 18th, which is the Saturday before the TLC pay-per-view so um, if it does indeed happen it will be a live show right here on the SNS radio network and uh, we'll be taking your phone calls Andy will be getting your feedback but that's going to be it looks like December 18th I'll have more details as things progress probably this Monday night on wrestling news live uh, with that said we're going to move on to uh, the news of the week I want to bring uh, on the he's on the phone line right now uh Chris Kelly from headlocks to headlines com. and I am here and you know what? i am pumped i've i i've had a good night good day, and
5: for you i've got thunder news and then we'll move on to our guest um now let 's talk about all things SmackDown. apparently Michael Hayes, the uh, head writer of smackdown is in, is in hot water with w w e uh, apparently his job is in jeopardy uh people claiming that the product now is stale on Smackdown uh and and i would have to agree if you look at guys like eddris kane that's now boring and i think you need to shake it up or else he, or else he might be out of a job
1: well and uh, that that could be a good thing uh you know if if they do shake things up but at the same time you know do i really think they're going to get rid of michael hayes he's he's one of the only wrestling writers they've had that has a, a history in the business or any kind of knowledge in the business I'm all for getting rid of your writers that have no idea about professional wrestling. But I would keep Hayes around. I don't think it's Hayes' fault that the product has been as bad. Well, if you
5: look what he's stuck with, he's stuck with, what, two guys, Ed and Kane? There's no one really on that brand apart from Untaker Only Returns who works at a main event talent. So if they want to save that brand, they have to try and push some younger talent. Like, get guys like Kofi. Like... Like, MVP, he should, he should be a main eventer. But right now, they're stuck with four or five guys that basically hover around the main event, and they might need to do, like Raw did, and have a young guy win the world title just so the other guys, like McIntyre, like kavar uh, like Kofi, are on level with, with, with
1: the world champion. No, I hear you, but I mean, uh, who, who on the SmackDown roster, though, would you actually make main event talent? Uh, well... Before his release,
5: I I would put MVP uh, Christian when he returns, uh, Alberto Del Rio. Those those two guys I I would trust with the main event because we've seen Christian work in TNA. We've seen him at a world champion. We've seen him on DCW brand. He can hold the belt and
1: he can bring in the ratings. The only thing with Del Rio is I don't think he's ready. I mean, I think give him him the end of—I mean, 2011 is going to be a big year for him. I'd say if he's not main eventing by SummerSlam or Survivor Series— of ale- of 2011 there's a problem but I think it's too soon to thrust him in there. The problem is now you've got Kane and Edge and then you could you could even put Rey Mysterio in that category of people who are eligible world champions right now with Taker being gone. There's not really anybody else that's world championship material on the SmackDown brand right now.
5: Well, apparently uh, Rey Rey banged up uh, his match against Alberto Del was meant to be a TOC match. But Ray Ray is currently suffering a shoulder injury. So they had to change it from a TLC match to a chairs match. And that guy he, that guy gets injured too often. I think they, at some point they need to just have El Pasadero go over Mysterio. Just to get, just to give him the, the, the above. Because, and I'd say this, Ray Ray is one injury away from possible retirement from, from wrestling.
1: Ray Ray is very close to being done with this company. I think that his days in the ring are to be past him. He's had way too many injuries in a short amount of time.
5: Mm. Well, speak, speaking of injuries, thing you brought up earlier, apparently uh, Cabo did have a uh, an a MRI scan on his uh, ankle. Uh, not sure how long he's going to be out. Another guy that's been or ha- or who is out uh, due to injury is Goldust. Uh, Goldust will be out of action for five months due to the injury, which is unlucky because his his new book is out next week. And with him being injured, that will limit the amount of time he can be TV to, to, to basically uh, push it.
1: You know, that does kind of suck for him. Uh, you know, Goldust has been doing a fantastic job this year. Uh, you know, going from being just a, a guy that's putting people over to, you know, being thrust in that feud with Ted DiBiase for the million-dollar belt. Uh, and he's looked just, you know, pardon the pun, he's looked absolutely golden in the ring. And uh, this yeah. injury, it couldn't have happened at a worse time for him because... He really has picked things up. And at this point, you got to worry, uh, you know, where does Goldust go from here? He comes back, you know, is some, are they going to have something for him? Is he, you know, how's his work going to be in the ring? Because, you know, rotator cuff, when you have a rotator cuff injury, it's it's not an easy injury to recover from. If you don't do the proper things, you're not going to fully recover from it. And, you know, it. I don't know. I mean, he could be out five to six, seven, eight months, depending on how his recovery time goes. And I think if... If he's out for longer, I would just
5: basically have him work, kind of the the, uh, the fit Finley role, and just be an agent, because that guy does does have a great mind. Yes, he's a bit bizarre, and he tweets some weird stuff, but he does have a great wrestling mind. So I would basically push him behind the scenes for five months and ha- basically have him work with the with the guys who are booking the show. Uh, did you notice that that tonight on SmackDown, uh, Todd Gresham was not on the announced team? I did. Yes. That's because he. Uh, Apparently WWE are not are not high on his work, and he, uh, Josh Matthews is getting massive reviews, uh, and that's why he was on SmackDown. Sorry, on Raw this past Monday as like a tryout, and he impressed. So he is now the new uh, announcer on SmackDown. Really? Yes. Todd Grisham is done being the SmackDown guy for quite a long time. From now on out, uh, what else do we have? Uh, Apparently, WWE officials were down this past week in FCW, uh, basically getting a few of the guys down there to sign up for WWE Tough Enough. Uh, so basically, this new uh, t- WWE Tough Enough will not be all unknown guys. There will be a few plants to m- basically bolster up the uh, roster of the guys on Tough Enough.
1: Well, you know, I think it's interesting that we're going to have NXT and Tough Enough running pretty much at the same time. Unless NXT is going to be done, you know, say by the time Tough Enough starts rolling around. I almost feel like it's overkill. Unless you have the NXT be for for Raw and maybe Tough Enough be for SmackDown or vice versa. Uh, I mean, I don't know how that's going to work out. I, I do like the fact that they're not going with just anybody. And they're looking for, like, independent wrestlers and, you know, people from their developmental talent uh, to go into Tough Enough. I like that aspect of it a hell of a lot better than, you know... Just having unknowns.
5: Mm. Well, do so we have a? Uh, apparently, WWE officials, officials were really high on uh, Tyson Kidd versus D.H. Smith from Superstars last Thursday, and that's why they basically gave them that match on Raw as a reward. Uh, okay, it, it didn't go long, and the main point of it was to put over the, the new bodyguard. But uh, WWE officials were, were impressed with both guys' uh, actions and move that they put on on Superstars.
1: Makes you wonder, those radio shows that uh, always talk shit about the Hart family and the, uh, especially guys like D.H. Smith that think these guys have no talent whatsoever, but apparently they impressed the WWE officials enough to warrant a match on Raw. Hmm. Go figure. Well,
5: <laughs> awesome. Uh, what do we have? Uh,
1: they must I mean, not completely MVP. suck then.
5: Uh, he, he, he's not a bad worker. I just think he's a bit awkward in the ring given time, like, everyone, whenever someone starts, like, wrestling on TV, they'll be awkward, doesn't, if, uh, wrestlers just need time to evolve, uh, apparently, uh, according to Word Backstage, MVP might be able to keep his gimmick after leaving WWE, but he, he came up with that idea, uh, himself, and trademarked it, so, if he, so, there's a good chance that he might keep that MVP gimmick for the indie scenes, Japan, or wherever he goes, uh, Speaking of going somewhere, Jeff Hardy is not going. For, not, is not going to jail for the time being. Once again, his court case has been delayed.
1: Okay, um, what is it? The Moore County in yes. North Carolina. The Moore County, Carolina prosecutors need to get off of their ass and either indict him, convict him, or move the fuck on. This is getting ridiculous.
5: Yeah, what? would not it like a, like two years ago, like a year ago, that he was found with drugs? Yes. Either, either say yes, he's guilty, or he isn't. like, I I will not be surprised if this goes for like another year. I'm going, mm, possibly, push it back a bit. Uh, well, I, what I, you, I,
1: have? you know what I I just I find it interesting that this court case has been going on since September of last year, and yet he gets another continuance. Uh, just makes you wonder, man. I don't know. Yeah,
5: and uh, what else do we have? Uh, my, my last bit of news, apparently TNA have released Taylor World and Hamada, and that is why they vacate the belts this past week on Impact.
1: Yeah, what's going on with the knockouts division? We have, what, maybe six knockouts in the company now? Uh,
5: I would say, yeah, six. Mickey oh. James, Tara, Sarita, uh, Winter, and the beautiful people.
1: So the question is, if you have six knockouts in your division... Do you really need a Knockouts Tag Team title? No. No, you don't. They should have just vacated it and moved on. Yeah,
5: but they do crown new Tag Champions. uh, I think it's in three weeks' time on on Impact. We'll see where where that goes. But yeah, that's my last bit of news for today. So,
1: moving on. Well, very cool, Crelly. I appreciate the news break of the night. Uh, with that said, I do believe we have a caller on the line, so let's go to the phone lines. All right, guys, joining us on the phone line, former WWE superstar, former TNA superstar. You know him as Vance Archer. You know him as Dallas you know him as Lance Hoyt. Coinomania is going to be running wild right here on the program. Welcome to the show, the one, the only, Lance Hoyt. Lance, how's it going, man?
0: I'm good, man. How are you doing
1: tonight? I'm doing good. It's, you know what? It's been a while since I talked to you. Uh, yep. you. You and I haven't talked, I guess, in about four or five years. The last time I remember chatting with you was right after uh, the unfortunate death of Chris Candido.
0: Yeah, that was a sad, sad time for a lot of people, actually.
1: That uh, was, was a really bleak time.
0: Yeah, it was pretty crazy considering, you know, how it came, how it happened, and, and how quick it all happened, you know. And meeting the people and meeting Candido and meeting some of his family, you know, it was crazy how much it impacted everyone.
1: Now, shortly thereafter, let me see, you were with TNA for, I think you signed with him in, what, 2004? Right, 2004. March 2004, and when were you actually out of the company?
0: Uh... February two thousand nine was uh, February twenty six. I think was my last appearance on TNA television.
1: Now, at the time that you had left, was it like a contractual dispute, or were you uh, were you looking to go into the WWE?
0: Uh, I, you know, I was just looking to further my career, and you know, I mean, mm-hmm. if if it had been with TNA, if they had given me any opportunity, I would have loved to have stayed and been there and been a part of that. Uh, unfortunately, at the time, it wasn't a situation where. They had anything? Were doing anything with me? Um, I was actually in Japan, kind of when the the uh, conversation happened with what was going to go on, and I was doing what I could and what I could, and trying to branch out and, and get as much exposure and as much experience as I could. Uh, and unfortunately, with DNA at the time, it, they were going in one direction, and I unfortunately wasn't a part of it, and so we went our separate ways.
1: Now, the interesting thing about your TNA run, when you first initially uh, jumped into the company, you were kind of put with with Kid Cash, uh, you know, you were right. wrestling as Dallas. And yep. shortly thereafter, I mean, you guys, oh, God, it didn't last long because Kid Cash was out of the company, uh, you know, probably just a couple of weeks after you debuted. Uh, and then, of course, you kind of uh, went out on your own. They started to give you a push there for a little while. I mean, yeah. It,
0: well, actually, Cash was there for a while. I mean, the the whole Candido tag match that he and I were supposed to have was supposed to be Cash and I, and that's when he ended up being out, taken out of the company. Mm-hmm. He was he was there for a while. We were tag camps for uh, a couple different times, and we did some stuff uh, while we were in Orlando. He did some single stuff, and I came back and we did some more tag stuff, kind of back and forth. And then, and it was uh, that was like March of '05 or something like that. I think it was when when. He split with TNA, and that pay-per-view match was supposed to be he and I uh, versus uh, uh, Apollo and uh, Sonny Siaki at the time. But unfortunately, you know, he left, and they changed it. It was supposed to be Candido and I, and unfortunately, like I said, Candido broke his ankle, and everything else happened after that. So
1: it, it, was, it was a little while
0: that we were actually tag partners. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and then you know after that, uh, kind of a singles push was it was kind of. Started and it seemed to do pretty well for a while.
1: Yeah, I mean, you actually had the Hoytomania thing was really. I mean, you know, for, forgive the pun, Hoytomania was <laughs> kind of running wild there for a little while. I mean, you know, people were bringing signs. You were pretty over, and then they just out of nowhere, it just kind of just faded. I, I didn't understand what happened there.
0: Uh, you know, I don't know if faded is a good word or uh, not capitalized upon. I don't know how you want to put that one, but you know, yeah. I'd, Unfortunately, the, uh, the Hoi Mania didn't get to run its course as much. It It lasted for a while. You know, the, the fans—you know—they were awesome, and you know, I, I got accused of uh, taking the Impact Zone out to dinner for the reason I was actually being over, but you know, I wasn't making—I wasn't making enough money to take uh, the whole Impact Zone out to eat, and whatnot. Um, you know, and it lasted for a good while uh, that summer that we weren't on television you know they the, the company itself was really working with and using the talents that they had and and trying to build upon that and then when our spike tv uh contract came in uh back then you know a lot of things changed and i understand that that's business and you know with with bigger things come big changes and you know and unfortunately for myself and some other people we kind of got you know, told, hey, you know, we'll get to you, and don't worry, you're you're a big part of this. You helped us get here. You know, you'll be a big part of this, but we got to do all this first, and then we'll get back. And in uh, and, and this business, as in a lot of business, a lot of times when that happens, some people get taken care of, and some don't. And unfortunately, I wasn't one of the ones that got taken care of.
1: Well, that that's true because you were pretty much, uh, you know, put put on the short list with guys like you know Andy and Chase, uh, the Naturals. That's another team that was not, you know, I would have to agree with your uh, what you said earlier about being uh, underutilized or not capitalized upon. Seems like there's a lot of that going on in in TNA, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's it, it's the business. It's uh, I can't be mad at the business for the things that happen, and you know, I, I try to take advantage of the situations that are presented to me and and do the best I can with them. Um, some people are given much bigger chances and much bigger opportunities, and or, you know, are pushed to the moon, and some people are given very little. And you know, it, it take that moment, and it becomes something big. Sometimes it's not in your hands; it's not in their hands. It's just kind of a uh, a lost in translation situation, I guess.
1: True that. Uh, going back to the start of your career, now you and I have talked right. before. You uh, you initially uh, were a fan of Sting when you first kind of started to break into the business.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: How did that feel for you when you actually got a chance to uh, to work with Sting the first time and I know you did work on his movie that he did uh Yeah. Yep. How was that for you? Uh
0: you know, it was it was too it was crazy really, man. You know, I mean, like I said I, I really started watching wrestling, uh WCW Nitro was the first thing that in my little hometown we were really getting with C&D back then and you know, the whole Sting and Sting turning to the the Crow persona that he created and whatnot was really when I started paying attention to everything, and when I got to work with TNA the first time, and you know he came through and they were doing the movie and they said, hey, you want to be in the movie? And I was like, oh, that's freaking awesome! Considering you know he was the reason I paid attention to the business, the reason I got into it. You know, I'd worked so hard even to get to that point, and you know when I got to hit him with a chair, that was pretty cool. <laughs> You know, I mean, the things have progressed, you know, and at that time, he was kind of in and out and whatnot, and then when TNA went into Orlando permanently, he signed on with the company on a more, uh, permanent basis and whatnot. It was, it was a great opportunity to get to meet him, to get to know him. I've had some conversations with him. He's given me a lot of advice. You know, we hit each other up once in a while via email and whatnot, which for me is just kind of a cool thing. And, you know, it's never extensive conversations, but it's just, hey, how are you doing? How's the weather? How's the life? And. They're good little things back and forth. And it's kind of cool to be able to say that I have, you know, fairly good conversations and, and, and uh, communication with somebody who uh, inspired me to get in this business. Uh, I really wish I'd had an opportunity to actually have a match with him, you know, or maybe a feud with him or something like that. But, you know, it, it didn't happen, but it doesn't matter. I, I got a chance to work with him and, and got to know the person that is staying.
5: Okay, like, how did it feel? Going into, like, for your, like your first day into a WWE locker room, being one of the like, uh, only one of, like, a few guys to jump from TNA to the E. Because, like, aren't we? We're, uh, we're used to seeing guys go from WWE to TNA, but how did it feel going the other way?
0: You know, I mean, it was awesome. The guys, most of the part, are, are super cool. You know, there's always uh, conflicting personalities, people you like more, people you don't really connect with, and things like that. Um, I had the, the fortunate. Uh, chance to to actually meet a lot of the guys. There were several guys. I mean, Truth Truth had been my partner at TNA at one point and had gone to WWE. So, my transition into the locker room wasn't just a cold one. It wasn't like I didn't know anybody. I I knew a few people. And there were some people that I knew that knew other people that or friends of mine that knew people there. And we'd had conversations through that venue. So, for me, it was a uh, I thought it was a very easy transition, just for the simple fact that I already knew some people. It wasn't just a show up and go, "Hey, this is who I am." It was more about, "Hey, these are some of my friends, and they were, oh, he's a cool guy, you know, he's cool, It'd be cool with him." And uh, it was, so it wasn't as uh, I don't know overwhelming as some people might think it is or could be. And I think you definitely have to step in there with some confidence. You have to step in there and go, "Hey, I belong here." And if you don't, the, you'll be very quickly ousted by the, the locker room itself. So. Uh, it was. It was cool. It was very. It was very easy transition for me.
5: Because, like, as a as a fan, like, we've seen guys like, let's say, Ron King go from TNA to WWE, but we've also seen guys like Chris Harris who went from TNA to WWE and kind of flopped. Not his fault, but like, was there any like, like, any, mind, any concern that like that could happen to you, like, like because when you were sent to uh, sent to ECW, like Chris Harris, like, was there, yeah. Did you ever have any concern that could happen to you?
0: No, I absolutely did not. I mean, I I know a little bit of what happened with Chris and and how he chose to handle himself and things like that, and I think that played into his demise with WWE. Now, I don't know all the story. I don't know exactly what happened, but just from meeting people and things like that, you know, my attitude was very much, I'm here, I'm here to be a star. I, I don't care what I've done in the past, where I've come from, I'm in WWE now. Consider me WWE, and you know when they changed my image drastically, uh... and it literally happened the day I debuted for ECW. I think it was good. It was a necessary uh... change. It was something that was needed. I, I didn't need to show up and everybody go, "Oh, that's Lance Hoyt. They I needed to show up and make people go, "Oh, wait, is, is that the is that the same guy? Wait a second, I don't know." You know, maybe even question it. Which, you know, even mm-hmm. my dad the night I debuted when he saw me on television didn't recognize me because nobody had an idea. That the hair would be gone and all the changes visually would be different. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it, for me, it was just stepping in with some confidence and uh, knowing that I belong there and knowing that I was a WWE star at the time, not something that was just going to be pawned off. You know, uh, my situation, I think, was very different because I opted to, to go and train at FCW down in Tampa uh, to learn WWE style, to kind of help incorporate myself, to kind of get in with the people that could make those decisions and tell the people, you know, on the WWE side, uh, this guy belongs here. He should be there. He he fits in. His attitude's not bad. You know, he wants to be here. He wants to be part of WWE. He wants to succeed. You know, work with this guy. It wasn't just a point of me showing up. I had never worked before with WWE people. Uh, so it wasn't just a cold beginning. It was, it, was, it was a warm reception and it was a warm opportunity. And you know, so I, I had no doubts that you know I was going to be given a fair chance. It wasn't the same situation that uh, unfortunately Chris Harris went through.
5: Hmm. And for like, like after you debuted, like you go into a feud with a uh, with Shelton Benjamin. Like hmm. he is so he is so athletic. How did it feel like to work with a guy who who has that much skill in the ring on on his debut?
0: No, it was great. You know, I mean. Uh, Shelton certainly is one of the best athletes that's really ever stepped in the ring in, in, in any place. You know, and, uh, he was definitely a lot of fun to work with. I learned a lot with him and from him. I thought we had some really good matches and, you know, I, I think if ECW hadn't have ended, our feud would have continued and you would have seen much bigger things than you'd have seen a longer feud, you know. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately ECW ended and things changed and, People had to go in different directions, and that was our situation. Because I thought we had a lot of good chemistry; we worked really well together, and uh, it was a lot of fun.
5: Like you say, uh, your feud with Shelton was kind of cut short due to the brand ending. Like, uh-huh. what? Like, do you believe if you guys would have had longer, like you could tell a better story? Because you guys, you guys could put on fantastic matches. But as a right. fan, it was kind of like these guys are doing great, but what's the but what's the goal of it? Like, do oh you yeah. Think... I... So, on.
0: No, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think if we'd have had them much more time, you would have seen a much stronger feud. You'd have seen a lot better matches. You'd have seen a story play out in a much more uh, understandable way, and you know, with a couple guys that could really tear the house down and. Yeah, with with the, the demise of ECW, it kind of quickened everything. It was like, oh, okay, we gotta get this taken care of. And we did what we did, got done with it, had a good one, uh, and then like I said, everything kind of went in some different way. So yeah, if ECW hadn't continued or if another brand had continued with us working on it, I, I think the feud would have continued and it would have been, uh, a real good one actually. So, you know, but unfortunately ECW ended and so did that feud.
5: Uh, just after that, uh, the E.W. ended. You got a chance to wrestle at WrestleMania. Well, the pre-show. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. How did it, How did it feel to wrestle on the quote unquote grandest stage of them all in pro wrestling?
0: Yeah, well, you know, it was WrestleMania. So, I mean, it, if you were there, you didn't, you know, maybe some people said, "Hey, this is the pre-show," but it's on the DVD. It was there. It was in front of the seventy-two thousand people. We got to walk down the hundred-yard ramp. We got to stand in front of the massive, retardedly big uh the, you know video screens and the the crazy diamond pyramid over the ring, everything that was involved with it. It was just amazing. It was it was too cool. I remember before the show, you know, being down by the ring and looking back up towards the entrance and just being astonished at how big it was because it took up the whole back half of uh the, the Phoenix uh Cardinal Phoenix or Arizona Cardinals Stadium that was there. And, you know, I took a picture and, you know, the people in the picture are so small in comparison to the background. Uh, it's crazy. When I show people, I'm like, look how big this is. And you can't really tell because it's on my phone. And then, you know, I'll blow it up and show them just how small the people are in comparison to the entrance. And, you know, it's just amazing. And, and we had the match and it was too much fun. And, uh, you know, and then I got to go and stand in places that kind of let me be a fan of, of WrestleMania and the business again. Uh, you know, we weren't just backstage and watching it on a monitor. Several of us found a good, fun spot to, to watch entrances and see the reactions of the people and, you know, just everything that was WrestleMania from a fan's perspective. And it was, you know, too cool for being a fan uh, of the business for many years and, and to get to that point. And, you know, I, I plan to get to more. You know, this is a bump in the road. It's just a story in the book. So you'll mm-hmm. see what happens in the future.
5: You went off TV for a bit, and then you appeared back on TV uh, with Kurt Hawkins. Um, right. How did it feel to work with Kurt? Like I've I've seen him a few matches live, and he seems like he has so, like so much talent. Like, how did it get? Uh, how did it feel to work with Kurt?
0: It was good. It was real good. I mean, I, I in my time in the business, I've had several tag partners, and all of them have brought something different to the table. Kurt had that you know that bravado, that the kind of that attitude. It was, it was real fun to work with and, you know, at first, uh, there was a lot of, uh, confidence behind us and the team and, you know, I, I think we, if we'd have gotten a better shot and a bigger shot and, and gotten a chance to do more, we would have actually been, a real big tag team in, in WWE. But, you know, WWE's focus isn't very strong on tag teams and, You know, at first we seemed to be getting a a real good opportunity, but it never really got a chance to go anywhere and and, you know, unfortunately ideas, thoughts and and designs changed, so you know, it ended up not going as far as we thought it would actually go and we wanted it to go.
5: Yeah, I I was a big fan of that whole uh, thirty day contract, gate crashes, things like. Who Mm -hmm. whose idea was that was that like part of like WWE's creative idea? Or was it your idea or was it Kurt's idea?
0: Uh it was just a creative idea, you know, I mean as far as the thirty day, you know, make an impact contract and uh, you know, we did that, you know, but unfortunately like I said, we just didn't get a chance to to go beyond that. We got our we got our full time contracts and everything was good to go and then everything kinda just dissipated. I don't know what <laughs> I don't know how don't know how else to explain it other than that.
1: Now I've I've got a question coming in from the chat room and it's similar to what I was gonna ask. Uh Maze is asking what do you think of the WWE's handling of the tag team division? I mean, obviously, you and Kurt Hawkins had tagged right. up. There's not a lot of established uh, tag teams right now in the WWE. I mean, right. you, you look at a lot of mid-card guys being paired together or the situation with Jericho and the Big Show. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on the tag division?
0: Uh, you know, I mean, I, I th- at one point, there were high hopes, I think, you know, from Kurt Hawkins and I. The tag titles at the time were on the Hart dynasty. Uh, You had the Usos, who just you know recently debuted on Raw. The Dude Busters, even though they hadn't been used very much, were a very good tag team. You know, and we all believed and hoped that this would be a resurgence of the tag team division, that they would take a lot of guys who were looking to work hard and make a name for themselves, and do it through the tag division, and kind of create its own niche. But you know, and you know, unfortunately, (laughs) that that it did not end up being the case. You know, even even the Hart Dynasty looks like they're going to be. Done, or if they're not already done, and, you know, the Usos is about the only existing tag team anymore, and, you know, you got Kozloff and, uh, Santino, and, uh, you know, but they were, they, they themselves were just kind of a couple guys that were thrown together and things like that, and, you know, the whole tag division that most of us at the time believed was gonna just flourish and explode and become something great for itself, obviously changed, so, uh, you know, we'd hope for bigger things. But it didn't end up being that, you know. And I just think that uh, if I think that if WWE would take the time uh, and and create their own tag division, you know, not just throw a couple guys together because they're not doing anything or whatever the case might be, or a couple guys that kind of seem similar, but actually create good tag teams and create a good good tag team division, uh, I think that they would find a lot of superstars. Uh, that they didn't know existed, and, you know, people can pay attention to it because it is its own thing, uh, but just the tag team division has for so long not been a very, uh, very strong focus. I think its um, position within the business and the company itself has, has really dropped off. So I, I just think they need to pay a much stronger attention to it and they can find gym in the gym in the uh, lake or whatever however you want to call it, gym in the river, there you go.
1: You know, I, I would agree with that statement. I mean, you go back and you look at some of the classic tag teams uh, from the WWF. You know, guys like the Rockers. Look where Shawn Michaels right. went. The Hart Foundation. Bret Hart went to the moon. You know, I mean, so right. many guys that were in tag teams that kind of got elevated, uh, you know, to main event status that were intercontinental right. champions or, or world champions. And, yeah, I, I agree right. with you. That's something that the WWE is lacking a lot of is, is good tag teams or division. Yeah,
0: because, I mean, yeah, because, I mean, uh, in my opinion, if you look at those tag teams, the guys that came out of it that became major superstars, they were a part of good, strong tag team tag teams that people believed in, tag teams that existed for a long time. You know, it wasn't just a couple guys thrown together and they were there for two three months and then they went their separate ways. They were guys that worked together night in, night out for years, established themselves as strong tag teams, and then moved on to bigger and better things as individual stars, you know, and, I mean, it's all opinion and, you know, WWE's done a lot of amazing things in the business and the company itself is not going anywhere and, you know, the whole world and economy is down and, you know, some people say, oh, the business is down. Well, the business is down because everything is down. I think eventually they'll find their strong points, they'll move forward and so, you know, and everybody will get to see great wrestling in all aspects. Uh, But I I agree, I I think the tag team division should absolutely be focused on much stronger than they are
1: right now. Yeah, right now they're just, you know, a couple of belts that they put on a couple guys. I mean, you know, right now Santino and Kozlov are the comic relief. I mean, I did find it funny watching SmackDown tonight, uh, them going to SmackDown and, you know, having a little bit of uh, fun with Teddy Long singing We Are the Champions. But, Hmm. like I said, I want to see a a bona fide tag team division in in this company. I mean, that was something that, you know, despite... You know, TNA gets a lot of criticism, and, and, you know, they get a lot of backlash a lot of times for a lot of things that they did, but at one point in time, I could honestly say that when I watched TNA Wrestling, they had a great tag team division, Uh, they had a very solid women's division, and over the course of time, I mean, that's kind of dissipated as well. I don't know if it's just the business, if it's just the minds behind the business running things, I don't know what's going on, but I don't know, something's got to change.
0: I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely agree, you know, I mean, I I don't know anything about their business for the most part, because I, have I haven't been there for a few years, um, you know, I mean, but I have a lot of friends that are still there, and yeah, I mean, Beer Money and uh, um, Motor City Machine Guns, and, you know, even Ink Ink, you know, I know, I know the Ink Ink guys, but I don't know them, no. I mean, obviously Beer Money were guys I worked with for many years, and uh, same with the Motor City Machine Guns and even you know, Team 3D and all that stuff. And these were all guys that you know, like you said, had a very strong tag team division. And um, you know, I, I think the the Motor City Machine Guns are still the champions and well deserved of that. You know, they they busted their butts and worked very hard for a long time as tag team. But even then, I mean, look at that. They were a tag team for a really long time. They worked really hard. They got over with people. You know, you didn't just put them together and they didn't just split up a few months later, you know, they worked through it and now they're one of the best tag teams. And I think they timing-wise, those two are on the same page more so than I think any other tag team I've ever seen.
1: I'll give you that. They are pretty quick.
0: Yeah, I mean they're they are on on spot with each other That you know, I don't I, I don't I've very rarely seen two guys that are on the same page as much and as good as those two guys are.
5: Mm. Well, um uh... So, your breakup with, like, Kurt Hawkins, it was kind of, like, just sudden. Do you think you, uh, WWE would have allowed you to, to feud? Because I think you two could have put on, a, like, a fantastic feud if given time to wrestle on Superstars or SmackDown.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think between uh, him and I, the different styles, the different abilities, uh, things like that, uh, if I think I'm understanding your question right, you're talking about him and I feuding, correct?
5: Yes, correct.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I think... I think there'd have been some fun matches, and a lot of people would have been had their eyes open uh, if they'd allowed us to work with each other. And you know, I I believe that was kind of what it was going to happen and where it was going to go and whatnot. But you know, like I said, it didn't. Uh, I don't really have an answer as to why. I just it didn't, and obviously things have
5: changed. Mm. <laughs> like, can you really give us a reason why you were released? Like, I don't want to get too personal, but can you really give a reason why you were released? Like, did they give you a reason?
0: For me, for my understanding, it was more of a budgetary reason. Um, uh, that that two-week period, they released, what, seven developmental guys, uh, six from the main roster, and a few of the writers from the writing staff. Uh, so, you know, 13, 13 talent and two or three of the writers all within a two-week period. And I think it was, you know, unfortunately for myself, uh, Luke Gallows, Shad Gaspar, uh, the girls, uh, you know, when... It, it was the point of them going, "Hey, this is how much money we need to make space for. Who are we working with? Who are we not working with? You know, who do we have immediate plans for? Who do we not have immediate plans for?" And unfortunately, you know, like in my case, they just they didn't have anything for me right then and there. And that wasn't even said; it was just more of a budgetary reason. Unfortunately, I got caught in the backlash of that.
5: So, like now, you do have um, an, a ninety-day no compete clause. What do you see yourself doing in the future? Do you see? possibly see a return to TNA or the indie scenes or...
0: Hey, you know, right now, uh, I'm, I'm going to be working with on the indies. Uh, I still have a lot of good connections with a lot of good people. Uh, tours set up right now, possibly through Europe in February. Uh, possibly, I should be going back to Japan sometime in either February or March. Um, a lot of things and projects that I'm working with and trying to get taken care of. Um, as far as TNA or WWE, who knows, man? This business guys come and go all the time back and forth. Uh, you know, they, as long as you don't tell the main boss to go kiss your ass, excuse my language, um, you know, the door is kind of always open and heck even if you do that sometimes the door's still open even than that because if you can make somebody money, they're gonna bring you in and work with you. Um so who knows what's gonna happen, whether I end up back in TNA, whether I get back to WWE, or whether I just continue working, you know, here and internationally. Uh, and just continue with my career. You know. And that's exactly what I'm going to do, is continue with my career. And mm. I will show back up in one of the places sooner or later, and uh, I will be back on the main stage before too long.
5: And um, if fans want to follow you, uh, you are on Twitter. Do you want to quickly plug your, your Twitter page?
0: Yeah, it's just twitter.com slash Lance Hoyt. Uh, is how you can follow me on Twitter. Um, I am accepting uh, bookings and appearances at lancehoyt at yahoo.com. Uh, I also have a Facebook page under land you, and a MySpace page under land So if you want to check me out and hit me up in any of those forms or fashions, let me know.
1: What's going on with PCW? Did that company close down? I had I heard something about the Bussies. I know they had the reality show there for a while, but what happened with that?
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, the, the family in the facility is still there. Actually, they moved into a whole brand-new facility. Uh, it's called uh, it's the Gym Combative Facility. Uh, you can check them out at the gym.org. Um, they 've really concentrated on the MMA. The family itself was very much into mixed martial arts and into all kinds of arts. Uh, Mike Bussey, the owner of the gym and PCW, uh, had run one XKO, which is an MMA uh, promotion uh, out of the same building many years ago, and then he just decided to get back into it because of the explosion that MMA has become uh they're still there uh PCW itself hasn't run a show in over a year uh a lot of it just has to do with their concentration on their business uh the gym uh it truly has become a, a fighters gym there's you know wrestlers there's martial arts there's uh MMA fighters there's Muay Thai there's karate there's all kinds of stuff going on in this facility and it's much larger than the old facility that they used to have uh, who knows, PCW may run another show sooner or later, but as for right now, they're just kind of concentrating on MMA and running their gym.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, I just was wanting an update on that because I haven't heard anything uh, on them in a while. So,
0: Yeah, like I said, you know, I mean, the indie scene along with the whole business of professional wrestling is down. Uh, you know, Texas and Dallas used to have some really strong independent companies uh, and now there's uh, Very few, and the major ones that did exist at one time really aren't running anymore, including PCW. Um, And who knows what's going to happen for the future with them or any independent company. I think if the economy takes a turn for the better, you'll see some stronger, better independent companies return, uh, including PCW. But as for right now, you know, like I said, uh, the buses are just really concentrating on their MMA and whatnot.
1: I tell you, man, I wish the territories would come back. I know it's not going to happen, but, man... It's yeah, it's, it's
0: it's not going to happen. It's obviously changed to a worldwide business with WWE and TNA, uh, you know. But there's always going to be a place somewhere for for wrestling in a major scale. But yeah, you know, territories I think would be great for everyone, fans involved. But you know, I one thing I'd like to say is the fans have to learn to accept the new superstars of the business. Um, you know, the one thing that I see happening sometimes is that. It, people have gotten so ingrained with the guys that they have known as superstars. And and things are changing. The faces are changing. The people are changing, the names are changing. There's younger talent, there's guys that are starting out and I, I think it's the fans' responsibility to help the business, if they want the business to continue in a strong fashion, to accept the younger guys, to accept the new faces, not to be so quick to go, Well I don't know this guy. I don't know what he's about, so I don't care about him. And if they do that they're not helping the business that they love. And if they want to enjoy wrestling and they want to enjoy it in a large scale for a long time to come, they need to start understanding and accepting those new superstars of the business, whether it be WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, the independent scene, wherever they choose to watch wrestling at, they need to go in with an open mind, find somebody new that they like and love and can follow, and I think the business can flourish if the fans will start to enjoy anybody and everybody that they see out there instead of just... Wanting to see the guys that they grew up on, or they you know got to know at one point, you know. So I'm, I don't mean to pre- be preachy right there. I just I think the fans, you know, as long as it, as well as it being our responsibility to put on good shows and work hard and do good for the fans that we do this for, it's the fans' responsibilities along with us to to help the business grow.
1: No, I you know what I completely agree with that statement because you look at the, and me and Crelly know about this more than anybody. You know, being the fact that we are a part of the IWC. You know, they they melt down every other day about something. I mean, you look at the landscape right now in World Wrestling Entertainment, and you've got guys like The Miz headlining shows. He's the world champion right now. Uh, You know, Triple H is going to come back soon. Michaels is retired. The Undertaker's almost done. So a lot of those veterans are gone, and you're right. It is a part of, you know, the fans do need to get behind the younger stars and give them a push. I mean, They haven't gone through a dry spell like this with new talent coming up since, I would say, probably the mid-90s, like the 93-94 era.
0: Right. But, you know, I mean, and you saw what happened there. It exploded from there. Once the fans decided to to accept the new guys at that time, you know, 93-94 with your Stone Cold Steve Austin's and your Rocks and, you know, and Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and WCW and Sting really exploding bigger than he'd ever been before. and things of that nature. I mean, you know, these are all guys that had kind of grown up in in the business and were coming into their own, but at that time, you know, the degeneration X when it exploded and all the things that were coming out at that time, you know, yeah, there was a dry spell, but when the fans said, screw it, let's accept this, let's love it, let's enjoy it, they did, the business exploded and everything was great for everyone, the people involved and the fans that were watching it. So yeah, I think it's another opportunity for the business to grow but everybody including the people working and the fans watching have to accept it
1: i agree crelly do you have anything further
5: um no i just thank you uh for doing the interview and man i wish you the best um in the future and hope to see you one day back on tv be it wwe or, or tna
0: you will manage don't worry <laughs>
1: i have faith in that thank you, you.
0: This is Lance Hoyt, and you're listening to the s Radio Network.
1: Sweet, man. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the interview. It's been a while, and it was good to catch up with you.
0: Yeah, man. Thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate you giving me some time to talk and, and let my voice be heard, hopefully.
1: Anytime, man. Anytime you got something you want to talk about, hit me up.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: All right, Lance. We'll talk to you later, buddy. All right, man. Have a good night. All right, you too. Bye. All right, guys. That was Lance Hoyt, formerly Vance Archer in the WWE. And that was a fun interview. We learned a few things that I didn't know. So, and that's
5: and that and that always makes it a fun interview when you learn stuff. And Lance does. Lance seems like a smart guy. And like I say, I'm pretty sure he'll be back very soon. Be at WWE or TNA.
1: Oh yeah, you know what? He's a talented guy. You know, just judging from uh, the first time I met him, I literally met this guy back in 2004 at a WrestleCon event in Dallas, Texas. He was wrestling at that point in time for Professional Championship Wrestling, PCW, uh as a guy named Shadow. Had a great look to him. Uh I the first time I saw him and saw one of his matches, I thought, "Wow, this guy's pretty good. He's going to go somewhere." And of course, I got to know him a little bit and you know, I was the first interview he ever had in in Wrestling Radio back when I worked with uh, Wrestle Talk Radio. And we brought him on the show in March of 2004 and he had basically just signed with TNA Wrestling, so it's nice to see it kind of come full circle for him. Again, I think that in the very near future, maybe a year or two down the line, he's going to be back. Good for Lance. He does. He has a good head on his shoulders.
5: And like, when, it, when you have someone that tall and that size and that brain, that guy, given time, will be a star. It, it, it just depends on which company uh, has the brain power to actually sign him back and to give him the push that, that he deserves. Oh, one bit of news, by the way. Uh, I was searching in the internet earlier, and the Wrestling Video Awards are now open for voting. Over there, you can go vote for Host of the Year, uh, which, of course, will be JJ Sexy. For Wrestling News Show Live. Of- Show of the Year, Wrestling News Live. And I was doing a bit of searching. And did you know, JJ, you and I have been voted for an award?
1: I did see that. Best Female Interview of the Year, Shelly Martinez. Go and vote every day, people. You can only do it once a day. Make sure that you set it to where every day you go and vote for Wrestling News Live for Show of the Year. Myself for Host of the Year. Of course, Shelly Martinez, Interview of the Year. Kurt Angle for Interview of the Year for Wrestling News Live. And Mean Gene Okerlund for Media Interview of the Year, Wrestling News Live. I want, I'm putting the call out to all the WNL SNS family. I want us to just sweep these awards this year. And I want to show everybody... The entire wrestling community, how powerful the wnl slash SNS family really is. I mean, we've had a banner year on this network ever since Trey and I redebuted Wrestling News Live. It's been on a roll. Unplugged has been doing great. And, Crelly, you're doing a fantastic job booking interviews. Keep up the good work.
5: Thank you. There should be – I'm talking to some people right now. Possibly this weekend I might have some more news about – A pretty big interview. Not sure, but I will keep you all all updated on the Facebook page or on the main site.
1: We want to shock the world this year, people. Want to put it in the faces of those who talked down to us and said we wouldn't last and we wouldn't make it. Let's prove them wrong, and let's show them that uh, we will rock you, and that we, in fact, are the champions.
5: One year later, going strong. SNS WNL FHTH. The 2011 with with the three families put together it's going to be a kickass man it's going to be a kickass year year for us
1: and bronxy says and jj won't fuck up healthcare like obama no i won't you're absolutely right and and on that note <laughs> <laughs> on that note it's time for commercial break indeed all right Crelly. man thanks for coming aboard and uh, and tackle that interview with me and uh, you know thanks for the news of the week and I will talk to you later my friend
5: yeah i'll be around somewhere i might just pop up at some point tonight not sure okay okay so
1: who knows crelly's mom might even make a make a sh- make a debut on the show tonight you never know she's never been Hopefully on plugged i don't think has she
5: she's been she's been on WNL and she has spoken to the trade dog off the air
1: so <laughs> you never know you know like on any of these shows you never know what's going to happen well, that said, we're gonna take our first commercial break. Um, I'm in kind of a Christmassy mood, so I did throw something a little Christmassy into the break. So uh, obviously, I'll be doing that over the next couple of weeks till we do the Christmas craptacular, which is gonna be uh, <laughs> it's gonna be pretty craptacular. Let's put it that way. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. And are you gonna sing for us? I mean, because uh, Trey keeps telling me we're supposed to be recording uh, Crelly singing Christmas. Songs, you know, you're going to be caroling, and we're supposed to play it in commercial well, breaks and and stuff like that. I mean, what's going on with that?
5: You know, i know i remember no back down from a challenge. I first did it when I was there to do Power Rangers, and if a trader wants me to to sing Jingle Bells, I'll do it. Just you know, had it hold of me. I'm I i do not sleep. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Skype all the the whole time. So yes, this year on the Christmas I will be singing carols. I'm guessing such as the world-renowned Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells. Just, that, that's just a little preview, guys.
1: Stay around. All right, on that note, we are taking a break. Guys, we'll be right back with more Unplugged right after this.
6: Fourth is back calls master's trust. The bad boys are wrestling, testing competition when the war does their mission. Not no mercy, see the race like the street. If you don't know, you better find out the war path. here will prove a point. Number one, best believe that you don't wanna test it with them. I'll be there for them, coming to the ring with them. They never walking out again. Don't tell you back Hey,
4: this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA, and you're listening on the SNS Radio
0: Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. up.
3: get up.
1: up. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the mic, JJ Sexay of Sunday Night Showdown. If you're looking for the latest wrestling news on the World Wide Web, you should check out www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com. It's the official news source for Sunday Night Showdown, and you should make it your official news source as well. Once again, that's www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com.
4: This is WWE TLC. Tables, ladders, and chairs. TLC is high risk. TLC is anything goes. TLC is no holds barred. TLC is the one night in WWE where everything is legal. WWE TLC, live Sunday, December 19th on pay-per-view.
7: Very nice. Yes. I got a favor to ask of you, infidel. What? When we're finished here, will you come caroling with me? What? You go Christmas caroling? Oh, yes. I let to Christmas carol. Like, what, what do you sing? Uh, Din Laden is coming to town. Oh, holy crap. Oh, holy crap. I think I blew my foot off. And then my favorite, Silence Night. Thank you. And then I got another one, Jingle Bongs. Would you like me to sing Jingle Bongs? You can sing? Oh, yes. Okay, right, what the heck? I need some uh, music. Music. I have Guitar Guy. Guitar Guy, come on, please. <laughs> Listen to that. Backstage he was doing drugs, I know he was. Hello Guitar Guy. I love you rock and roll. Oh, by the way, and thanks for dressing like crap for my show. So sad. (laughs) He don't know, he does drugs. Okay, let's hear what you got Guitar Guy. Racist bastard! <laughs> Is that what you think I like? <laughs> hey, you know that Xbox game Guitar Hero? <laughs> I kick your ass. Oh. Okay, maybe at Halo.
2: <laughs>
7: <laughs> All right, Ahmed. So you have the song? Yes, Jingle Bells. Okay, guitar Girl, give me my note. It sounds like a car wreck. <laughs> Do that again. Oh. Be quiet. <laughs> Do it again. Oh. Oh. You got it? I got it. <laughs> oh through the sand with a bomb strapped to my back I have a nasty plan for Christmas in Iraq <laughs> I got through checkpoint A but not through checkpoint B that's when I got shot in the ass by the US military <laughs> oh, jingle bombs, jingle bombs, mine blew up, you see. Where are all the virgins that did Laden promised me? Oh, jingle bombs, jingle bombs, your soldiers shot me dead. The only thing that I have left is this towel upon my head. I used to be a man, but every time I cough Thanks to Uncle Sam, my nuts keep falling off My bombing days are done, I need to find some work Perhaps it would be much safer as a convenience store night clerk Oh, Jingle Bombs, Jingle Bombs, I think I got screwed Don't laugh at me because I'm dead or I killed you guitar guy. Go next station do your drugs now. Merry Christmas. <laughs> and that's Ahmed, the dead terrorist. There we go.
0: Hi, gang. This is Mean Gene Okerlund from the WWE. And uh, you're listening to JJ on the SNS radio network. Work it.
3: alone in the unknown. We live
1: All right, guys, we're back unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. And, yes, we are one, the SNS WNL family. Unplugged, Wrestling News Live, Sunday Night Showdown, all under one umbrella. Vote for the Wrestling Radio Awards at AudioWrestling.com. We're going to take it this year, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to sweep them clean under the rug because we are one. So let's shift gears just a little bit and discuss a little bit of video gaming. I don't have a lot of news to kind of break into, but there was one story in particular that caught my eye that uh, I found a little interesting. I don't know if you guys, I don't know how aware of it you are, but uh, apparently IGN GameSpot have been reporting Rockstar Games is being sued right now. I know it's crazy to think that a company like Rockstar would get sued over something. I mean, you know, we had the hot coffee debacle a couple of years ago. But uh, here's the interesting thing. Backup singer for Cypress Hill, Michael S. Washington, has filed suit against the New York-based publishers claiming that Rockstar North based GTA San Andreas on his life, going so far as to use his likeness for the primary character of Carl C.J. Johnson. According to Washington's complaint... Rockstar contacted him in January of 2003, seeking information on street life. Washington, who was then employed as a male model and backup singer for rap group Cypress Hill, noted in his complaint that he discussed his troubled youth with a group of developers for approximately two hours, offering such details as how teenagers in his gang rode around on bicycles. After the interview, Washington claims that Rockstar said he would be contacted should they decide to make use of the information he provided. He then states that he subsequently received no further contact from the studio and had gotten the experience until July 2010, when his nephew brought the game to his attention. Washington claims that he contacted Rockstar in July through his attorney and was allegedly told by the company's representation that his image and story were not, in fact, used in the game. Rather, the main character's image was based off that of Christopher Ballard, known under his stage name as Young Melee, who also voiced the character of Note. Washington's name does does appear in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas credits under the Talent section. Washington is seeking damages in excess of $250 million, claiming he is entitled to 25% of the game's profits, a figure he pegged at more than 1000000000 billion. Take-Two had not responded to the request for comment on the suit as of press time. Does anybody find it interesting that he's just now pursuing this? I mean, this game came out in, I believe, late 2004, early 2005. So you're telling me that five years, six years have passed, and he's just now aware of the fact that Rockstar made a video game? Give me a fucking break. Obviously, somebody needs some money somewhere. Only in America. Only in America. That's really the only gaming news I want to tackle tonight. Uh, Don't forget the Spike Video Game Awards tomorrow night on Spike. Probably the big reveal for Mass Effect 3. Uh, I know that that was leaked online earlier. I want to thank uh, Sean for sending me the link to that. So, uh, it looks like that is, in fact, what's going to happen. I believe the story that I heard was that Earth was being attacked and Shepard and crew have to save the Earth from an impending invasion. So that is the possible storyline going into Mass Effect 3, which means I need to plug in Mass Effect 2 and start playing it because, well, I have not as of yet. Um, On that note, I'm going to open up the phone lines. If you guys have anything that you want to call in and talk about tonight, feel free to do so, or you can send me an email, of course, to... uh, Sunday Night Showdown at Yahoo.ca, or give me the call at five zero one five eight eight seven nine five seven, or just add Sunday Night Showdown to your Skype, and we'll go from there. But that really is, again, all I have to uh, to talk about in particular tonight. I don't really uh, don't really have a lot of gaming news that I want to I want to break down. So let's go to the phone lines. I do believe I have someone on the line. Welcome to Unplugged. Who is this? Yo, man, it's Trent Phoenix, bro. Trent fucking Phoenix. What's up, bud?
6: Uh, not much, man. Just chilling out, trying to relax a bit.
1: Awesome. What's on your mind, man?
6: I need Spike Video Game Awards, bud. You might not know this, but I'm an average gamer. I love the Video Game Awards every year. Oh, yeah? I'm, th- I'm, th- I'm thinking, me we can go over the categories real quick. Make our picks, you know. What we think is going to win. What we think is going to deserve to be nominated. What got snubbed.
1: Do you have that listed for any? I I don't currently, but, I mean, we could do that.
6: Yeah, I have it right here in front of me, as a matter of fact.
1: All right, let's go with it, buddy.
6: All right, for Game of the Year, we have Call of Duty Black Ops, God of War 3, Halo Reach, Mass Effect 2, and Red Dead Redemption.
1: Uh, If I had to make a pick here, I do have Mass Effect 2, but I've yet to play it, and I hear it's really good. Uh, Black Ops in my opinion just came out, really shouldn't even be on that list. If I had to choose one, my pick would have to be Red Dead Redemption. Just just based on everything you can do with that game, uh, and the awesome DLC that you've had, I would have to say Red Dead Redemption hands down.
6: Yeah, Red Dead Redemption storyline was brilliant in my opinion. That's why it wins in my opinion. And God of War Three was epic but at the same time, it left a lot that can be, you know, desired also. But, and you uh, I don't have a 360, so I have no opinion on Halo Reach or Mass Effect 2.
1: Well, see, the thing I have against, you know, uh, the God of War franchise, and no offense, I don't have a PS3, so I haven't played the God of War franchise, but Kratos is not a very likable character. At least with uh, Red Dead Redemption, you have a, a likable protagonist uh, in John Marston, who's a former criminal who's tried to redeem himself and make good for his family, uh, you know, again, a likable kind of guy. He's a guy that you would want to hang out with and have a few beers. I wouldn't want to play poker against him because he'd probably shoot your ass if you cheated. But, you know, he's a pretty cool guy. I, so I'd have to say that, you know, Red Dead Redemption gets it for me.
6: Let's see, a few of these categories are really odd, so I'm going to have to skip a few of these. Like they have the best studio of the year, the best Xbox 360 game. Best PlayStation 3 game, uh, best Wii game, best PC game, uh, best handheld, best shooter, or this one, best action adventure, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, God of War 3, Red Dead Redemption, and Super Mario Galaxy 2.
1: And what category is that? Uh, yeah, uh,
6: best action adventure.
1: Ooh, you know, that's a tough one. Because, you know, Mass Effect 2 is a pretty good action adventure game as well.
6: Last time I checked, Super, what did Mario have to do with action? Last time I checked, Mario wasn't about action. Let's see what we have here best RPG, best multiplayer, best individual sports game, best team sports game, best driving game, best music game, best soundtrack, song in a game. Best Original Score, Best Graphics, That's Best adapted Video Game, Lego Harry Potter, Years 1 through 4, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, the game, Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions, Star Wars The Force Unleashed 2, and Transformers War for Cybertron.
1: Oh, I'd have to go with War for Cybertron. I love that game. That is the again, best... That is the best Transformers game I have ever played in my life.
6: That's another one I haven't played, so i had to pick Star Wars, The Force Unleashed 2. But Star Wars is probably not going to win because of the fact that the levels were too repetitive.
1: It's too short. That game was way too short.
6: Let's see. We have best performance by a human male. Daniel Craig is James Bond. and James Bond, 007 Bloodstone. Gary Oldman as Sergeant Reznoth in Call of Duty Black Ops, John I think this is John Cleese as Jasper in Fable Three, Martin Sheen as the Elusive Man in Mass Effect Two, Nathan Fillion as Sergeant Edward Buck in Halo Reach, still Patrick Harris as Peter Parker slash the Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. I can't pronounce this game not guy's name, but the guy who played John Marston in Red Dead Redemption and Sam Worthington is Alex Mason in Call of Duty Black Ops.
1: Huh. Uh for me it would either be the guy that did John Marston or Nathan Fillion for uh for for Halo whatever Halo game that was.
6: Yeah Reach. Now here's my question where is Ice Cube on this category because was it Ice Cube and Call of Duty Black Cops, or was that just me hearing things?
1: I heard something on that. I, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but I did hear it somewhere.
6: I think we got Best Performance by, by Human Female. Let's see. Oh, here's another good one. Most Anticipated Game of 2011. Batman Arkham City, Bioshock Infinite, Gears of War 3, and Portal 2.
1: I'd have to go with Arkham City.
6: Yeah, well, I've yet to play Batman: uh, Arkham Asylum, but I'm gonna get that at some point and play that. Because I have heard good things about the this new Batman, since so they come out for the next with these next generation consoles.
1: Yeah, it's a good game. Oh,
6: and here's, here's one for you because he's got here's one for Red Dead Redemption, the best DLC pack. Bioshock Two, the dead. Borderlands, the secret armory of General Knox, Mass Effect 2, the Lair of Shadow Broker and Red Dead Redemption's Undead Nightmare.
1: Uh, undead Nightmare wins by landslide.
6: I'm playing. I'm currently playing Undead Nightmare. I've yet to beat it, but it does. So it looks like a lot of fun right now.
1: I i I was playing it the other day. I'm still. I'm actually. I've beaten the game, and I'm going back now as Zombie John Marston. And I'm getting things I didn't have. I now have all four horses of the apocalypse. I'm trying to kill the chupacabra, and I'm trying to get the unicorn. So I still have a lot to do, and I'm still trying to work on my challenges, but I love that game.
6: Let's see. Look, they've got a lift here for stuff they're going to have. Permi- they're supposed to be premiering it, but BioWare is supposed to announce a new title at the awards, uh- the Mass Effect 3 trailer is supposed to be out, but you said that's already been leaked. Batman Arkham C is going to have game play day, play the gameplay debut with the, the war show. See, the prototype sequel is going to have the gameplay debut. Luke, as far as the rumors, announce Star Wars Battlefront Battlefront 3. and That's, that's going to be first look for Saints World 3 and the first trailer of Uncharted 3.0. Strange you
1: So you're, they're saying that it might be Battlefront three for Bioware.
6: My Lucasarts. I'm oh LucasArts. Going, uh, I'm really looking forward to Saints Row three because I really did play. I, I like Saints Row I like the Saints Row series. series and I'm amazed how the second one ended, but I'm ready for a Saints Row three.
1: I'm sure they'll make it.
6: Yeah, and the same thing for. Like, I'm wondering, where are all these other titles that are supposed to come out this year? Why well, they're, well, they're not getting any gameplay? Like, where's Infamous 2 and where's Hitman 5 is?
1: Yeah. I love the Hitman games.
6: Yeah, there's, well, there's supposed to be another one coming out in 2011 for so the 360 and PS3. So I'm wondering, can we get some gameplay on that or that new True Crime game that's supposed to come out in 2011?
1: Like i you know what I still from time to time go in and play blood money hitman blood money I love that game I, I you know what i I try to go in and i try to figure out as many different ways to kill somebody as i possibly can
6: man I haven't played a hitman game since well, I think it's hitman contract
1: I have every hitman game like i have i have the majority of them for my p s two but I have blood money for uh for the xbox three sixty and and I just oh I love playing that game i like I like the one level where you're where you go to like the uh, the residential neighborhood where that mobster is like living uh, living out his life in protective custody, and, and I love just offing that guy, you know, finding different ways, blowing his wife up with the barbecue, and just finding different ways to fuck him up. Oh man, that's such a fun game. I always find a different way to kill him every time.
6: Oh, I, well, I went to another page and I found some more information about what we're gonna get at the VGAs. We're supposed to get some gameplay footage from WWE All-Stars according to this.
1: That would make sense because I look for the first of the year if that to ramp up quite a bit, considering that game is probably going to come out around WrestleMania time.
6: Uh, I don't understand why they're going to promote WWE on, a, on Spike TV, which is a TN, where TNA comes off. That's like giving automatic... That's giving uh, free publicity to the WWE.
1: Yeah, but if they're going to be the network for guys, they've got to do it. I mean... Despite the fact that TNA is on that network, I mean they've got to do what's right for business. And Spike TV owes a gratitude, or gratitude, excuse me, uh, to Vince McMahon and the World Wrestling Federation Entertainment because they're the ones that put Spike TV on the fucking map. Yeah,
6: you're right because I forgot WWE used to come on TN, on uh, Spike TV when it, when it used to be There wasn't c n n the National Network, or something
1: like that. Yeah, they used to play, like, you know, Bass Masters and the Dukes of Hazard and Monster Truck Rally and all that shit, and turned it into a fucking network for men with ECW, and they had Roller Jam for a little while, and then they had the WWE move over, and they had, you know, what it, Stripperella, Joe Schmo, all those guy shows. Let's see
6: here. we are getting some gameplay footage from Driver 3, not driver, I mean driver, San Francisco. If it's Duke Nukem forever, it's going to have a gameplay trailer. I have a gameplay trailer also.
1: Driver, San Francisco.
6: Hey, want to ride? Come on, get in.
1: That's yeah, going to, to be fun. dragon
6: is going to be a gay guy this time. Probably. Let's see. The new Ratchet and Clank is getting some footage of SoCom 4 and Resistance for your boat getting some. <laughs> <laughs> we're supposed to get you know, last time I you. We're supposed to give a little bit of um, English translation for Pokemon Black and White. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. We're supposed to grow. get.
1: And who's hosting it? Neil Patrick Harris.
6: Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris. So NPH. I think it's a guaranteed guarantee fact he's gonna win best performance by a human male.
1: Nah, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. It, it, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me, but, nah. It, it's nice to see NPH host it, but you know what? I miss when Samuel L. Jackson used to host that show.
6: Oh, yeah. That year he hosted, like, he accepted every award, Grant Theft Auto, San Andreas, Warren. Yeah, like, yeah, we couldn't do they. They couldn't have done it without uh, without me, so. Oh, this is Interesting. The guy, some guy named Jose Gonzalez, is supposed to sing the song "Far Away" from Red Dead Redemption. He's supposed to perform it at the BGA this year.
1: Oh wow, that'll be interesting. Well, Trent, is, uh, well, is, yes. is is there anything else, brother? My my phone lines are starting to light up.
6: Uh, that's it for me, man.
1: All right, man. Well, I'm glad we went down these categories, but I think I think Red Dead Redemption is probably going to win at least one or two of the awards. Hopefully, it wins Game of the Year. I'm pulling for it.
6: Yeah, I've won it to win the game of the year. Nothing
1: else. It's kick-ass, man. Just fucking awesome. All right, All man. right man. Well, I'll, I'll talk to you in a bit, man. Thanks for calling in tonight.
6: All right, man. appreciate
1: it. No problem, man. It's always a pleasure. All right. Let's go back to the phone lines, I do believe. Have a couple calls coming in. Uh, welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? Oh,
8: uh, Actually, I've been on for a while. I was kind of piggybacking there for a bit.
1: Eh, it happens. What's on your so mind,
8: quiet. Oh, not much. You know, actually, I do have a bit of game news. What's that? I don't know how relevant or fun it's going to be for everybody, but since uh, it's uh, done with uh, uh, Fallout 3 now, they can kind of concentrate more on uh, the other Scrolls again. So they're looking for about 2012. The to Scrolls and coming back. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so I'm kind of excited about that. I like that game. That's pretty cool. Yeah, anyway, this weekend, I want to try pick up the Shivering Isles for my PS3 and want to get to play that game.
1: You know, I, I need to go and uh, I need to actually finish that game. I haven't even beaten Fallout 3 yet. I need to fucking work on that. I got so many games, man, that I have not beaten. I literally have 50 or fifty plus Xbox 360 games, and I've probably beaten about 10 or 11 of them. So I've, I've got so much shit that I could literally sit down and do, but I'm so busy I don't ever get a chance to do it. It's crazy. Uh
8: Some games, for me, I will get saved games for just so I can play around with them at Tinker, but then I'll just kind of go back on my own and play through. Just so I can say, hey, I played through it on my own. But, you know, I have a few games like that I have not even tried yet. I even have a few movies I bought I have not even yet to watch. I mean, I bought Death Race 2000 the other day. I get to sit down and plug in my VCR and just to watch it. Oh, wow. I got got a VCR because I... Much as I like having you know DVD players and all this stuff, I do like it. But also kind of keep uh, kind of all of the vintage stuff, so because you never know what's it going to be gone, and you know you want to make sure you have some of that stuff just in case. Oh yeah. Now we have a little guy say, okay. "Look, kiddies, this is what we watched when I was a kid. I thought we that thingy singer, and he played it with that play button, and it's all, di- it, wasn't all digital, it was all digital, was all analog, nothing digital."
1: So uh, what a, what all is on your mind tonight, my friend?
8: Oh, not much, not much. Just, it's been a crazy week. I kind of already lose a friend, and I kind of have gotten a little bit closer to another, so it's just been one of them weeks.
1: Huh, I know I, those weeks.
8: My, my injury's better. Uh, it's just tender, but it's a lot better. My arm injury's a lot better for the last week, so it's always recovering every day. And I'm going to be trying to take my exam, for my video game exam for this weekend. so like Sunday. I want to try to get that done.
1: Oh, nice. Nice. You have to let me know how that turns out.
8: Well, I've only got like an 80%.
1: You're I looked
8: at what had but I kind of screwed up on two answers there, so they they kind of tricked me because they're the same answers just done differently. Right. So I got confused on that.
1: Yeah, they try to psych you out.
8: Yeah. The only bad thing about this is they don't teach you anything about programming. It's all just marketing and psychology of the game of the of the business, which is fine. But I want to learn how to make stuff too. So I'm going to see if I can find another uh, program, another like uh, thing to go through and look for, so I can find some to do that. So. Get this done quick, cause I not to drink it I want to start making some
1: games. I don't blame you. Make some wrestling games. We need the competition. I
8: do. I. I'm, I'm gonna be making. I do. That is one game. Like when time comes, like I told you guys before, when time comes, I'm gonna talk to you and try about that because I want. I have some ideas for you guys, and I want to kind of to through and I, I want to have you guys be a part of that game.
1: Awesome! I can't wait to hear about it. I'll, I'll definitely give you some feedback.
8: Uh, well, we, 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 we're gonna feedback. I, I want you guys in the game. I want to see if we can work out something where you guys can be like do some of your past knowledge and experience in the business to kind of work out and, you know, do something with that.
1: That would be cool.
8: Definitely want to get that done. So. But, yeah, mm. I do want to keep working on that. But I didn't really watch SmackDown tonight. I was kind of talking to a friend. I really didn't really get to see too much of it. Or, but, yeah, I heard the costume, it was pretty funny. so
1: Yes, in fact, uh, Song of the night's going to be We Are the Champions by Queen.
8: We are the champions. We are the campeones. I must break you. The campeones, <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know what? The good thing about Santino and Kozlov is the comic relief. At least we get to see them jump from show to show now.
8: Oh, like I guess it kind of helps. It kind of helps the puller pull on. You know, you get all you know, the exposure from the SmackDown guys, to the face and raw guys, which so, is
1: always good. Let me ask you this: hmm. Are you sick to death, like I am, of this whole Edge Kane dynamic back and forth? I'm sick of it. I'm just, I'm tired. I've been sick of it for a while. Oh my god, I mean, it's horrid. I mean, I
8: think we need to get the guys from, like, Rift Tracks to come in and make it just a little bit better.
1: The worst part of tonight was we didn't get to hear Paul Bear, Kane, Oh, Kane, Oh, Kane. That, that would have made my yeah. night a little more enjoyable, but, you know.
8: Yeah, I think we did need to get the guys from, like, we didn't need to hire the guys from Rift Tracks just to make that a little bit more bearable. I would agree. Is Crowley still on the line, or did he, get to, did he take off?
1: Oh Crowley's always around. He's, he's got the Batcave set up.
5: I'm too hit it, Moy. <laughs> <laughs>
8: ah, there he is. See, now he's just hanging out.
1: He, he's almost like the Fine. producer. He just chimes in whenever. Well, is there anything else on your mind? The phone lines are starting to light up again.
8: Uh, no, I'll uh, let's see uh, you. You guys have a good night and all that
1: stuff. So. All right, Hollywood. I'll talk to you later. All right, thanks for calling in, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Yep. All right. Bye. All right, let's go back to the phone right, lines. Let's go back. As things are lighting up, I can hear a little bit of reverb. Welcome to Unplug. Who's this?
4: J.J., it is Big Dick Bronxy.
1: Big Dick Bronxy.
4: Well, I'm exaggerating a bit. Three <laughs> quick things, because I, I know your phone line is lighting up. Um, the first is, the whole San Andreas thing, it's like my favorite game ever. I mean, I play it constantly. And, like, you know, this is just another case of a guy abusing the legal system like a fucking Michael Vick pit bull. I mean, it's like, you know, come on, man. I mean, these guys just, they run out of money, they grasp at straws, and uh, even though I don't know a lot about video games, I'm more of a PC gamer, which I know kind of makes me a huge geek. But, (laughs) uh, I mean, come on, man. Lawsuit over a video game. Please, you know, go work at a fucking Arby's.
1: Well, you know, I mean, the only thing about that, I find it interesting. I mean, he actually was contacted by Rockstar. He sat down, he talked to them, he gave them details about his life. Uh he is even credited in the credits. Uh I I find it interesting that that if they did use anything that he told them, why they didn't excuse me, why they didn't pay him a royalty, that that makes no sense to me whatsoever. But, you know, I mean, I don't know if this guy's just, you know, talking out of his ass, but I mean the fact that there is a credit to him, he seems to have some sort of case.
4: Well then bring a lawyer with you before you give out that info.
1: Oh yeah, exactly.
4: Yeah. Um the second thing is um I need your advice on something. Because the trade dog and basically everyone else in the chat room has called me gay for not watching Star Wars, I have decided to give it a shot. Now, in your opinion, should I watch four five six one two three because that's the order they were produced in, or should I watch one, two, three, four, five, six?
1: I tell you what, Bronx, uh, you've asked the right person, because being a Star Wars aficionado as I am, you have to watch 4, 5, and six first.
4: Okay, that's what I
1: figured, man. And then you go back and you watch the prequel trilogy, that way you, you get the backstory. But to know everything, you have to watch that first trilogy, and it really pulls you in. I mean, that is three of the best films in cinematic history, and... If you don't come away from watching Empire Strikes Back, which is number five, thinking that's the best fucking movie in the series, you're crazy. Uh, you know, Irvin Kirshner, the guy who directed that movie, was the idol, basically, the uh the mentor of George Lucas. And after George Lucas directed the first one, Star Wars four A New Hope, uh he went to Kershner and wanted him to make the movie bigger and do things that, you know, he didn't think he could do, and Kirsch ran with it and made just a, one of the most iconic films in the history. You have to watch that original trilogy first. So, yeah, definitely. No, no, no two ways about it. Don't watch the first set. Go back and watch 4, 5, and six first.
4: Okay, man, I'm, I'm going to do that. And the last thing is uh, wrestling-related. You know, I was in the chat room during the interview, and the interview was terrific that you guys had. But while I'm in the chat room, we all sat the members of the SNS slash WNL family and the fucking tag teams that were named. I mean, I came up with so many, everybody in the chat room came up with these classic iconic tag teams. And we remember their names. We, we remember their status. We remember their place in wrestling history. Isn't that like a cue to Vince McMahon and WWE and even TNA? I mean, You know, I look at the tag team divisions now, and I want to throw my guts out. I mean, demolition, powers of pain, uh, freaking uh, the road warriors. uh, I mean, there are so many, I can't even get into it. If you go back and look up in the beginning of the chat how many were named, doesn't that prove that these tag teams are engraved in our memories as hardcore wrestling fans? And that maybe it's time that, one or both of these companies said, hey, there's a market for true tag teams. I'm talking about two guys who stay together longer than as Trey would say, a cup of coffee. Bring that shit back because the one thing that always appealed to me about tag teams is, as a kid, I felt that one guy was powerless without the other. Hawk couldn't do shit without Animal. You know, uh, Axe couldn't do shit without Smash. Uh, Marty Jannetty couldn't do shit without Shawn Michaels. Together, they were unstoppable. Separate, they were just regular guys. That's a mentality, I think, that still exists and can be ingrained yet again in the minds of younger wrestling fans. And yet, both companies have seemed to take their tag team divisions, uh, especially the WWE with the chocolate-covered belts, and just shit on it I mean it's like two guys are together for a month two months they break up you know it could be done again and it could work again and I don't just don't know away from that I'd like your opinion on that
1: well you know I'm not really sure what happened with that I know that Vince McMahon is not a big uh, proponent for tag team wrestling which when I make that remark it's like how can he not be considering the era that we had in the early eighties, the late eighties with all those great tag teams like the killer bees and the young stallions and strike force and demolition and, uh, you know, going on into the nineties with power and glory who I, who they used to call Herc and jerk, you know, Paul Roma and Hercules Hernandez, um, you know, who would jerk be without Herc? I mean, he'd be nobody, but, uh, you know, even the Beverly brothers, you know, fresh out of the AWA when it closed down and, and basically went in and were repackaged and called the Beverly brothers. Uh, I mean, you know, the Powers of Pain is another good one. You know, the Heenan family always had great tag teams. You know, you had Barbarian and Ming. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, I just, it bothers me when a guy like Lance Hoyt, who is a talented guy and can work, is let go because they don't have anything for him when they have this unified tag team division with no tag teams. You're telling me that Kurt Hawkins and, and, and Vance Archer couldn't have made a run for those belts? You're telling me that Gallows couldn't have found somebody else to hook up with and form a tag team? I mean, I I just I have an issue with that. I'm sick of seeing mid-card guys stuck together to be a fucking makeshift tag team to hold the belts. Uh, It it bothers me. I want to see a tag team division. You know, not that I believe there's any prestige in the belts because they're props. As a kid growing up in the business, I love tag team wrestling. And, you know... I'm sorry, JJ. No, I was going to say, and, and you know, Lance made perfect reference to that—that that, you know, a lot of those guys—and I, I even mentioned it. You know, guys like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, who were in two of the most influential tag teams of all time, moved up the ranks respectively and became big main event stars for the company. They're missing the boat.
4: Oh, well, you know what? Like I said, I don't want to take too much of your time because I know you have got guys you want to call in. But I mean, I'll even take it a step further. Even in in life outside of wrestling how two guys can complement each other. Take wasted news, wasted news Live and eliminate JSK or Trey and have them do it alone wouldn't be the same. Take WNL and get rid of JJ Sexay, who will be the future host of the fucking year, or get rid of the Trey dog, whose show will be show of the fucking year. And what do you got? I mean, you know, the fact that you and Trey... You know, like Monday night. I mean, damn it. I mean, you guys were awesome. You disagreed. You, 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 together. I mean, it's just that sometimes two heads are better than one. It's just, it's stupid. I don't understand why Vince or Dixie just, they don't see the appeal in this. And I mean, it's, I would love to see it again. Maybe that's just because I'm an old-ass guy, but, I mean, that's how I grew up. I grew up with these tag teams, like you said. I I grew up seeing them as a unit. I mean, I didn't think of them as two separate people. I thought of them as, you know, demolition was demolition because, you know, there were two guys who formed one unit, and that's the way, you know, it should be. The Big Show and Miz or, or Jericho and Miz or whatever two guys they slap together. I mean, you put these guys together just, you know, on a hunch, on a dime, they have no history, they have no brotherhood. I mean, I look, one angle in TNA that I'm actually enjoying, even though that may be hard to believe considering the rant you went on Monday, most of which I agree with, it has appeal because they've been together so long. There's no problem with breaking up a tag team if you do it after 15 years. If you do it after 15 fucking days,
1: I don't care. And I see your point there. I don't know. The business has changed. Vince is not a big fan of the tag team aspect in wrestling. I've said this numerous times, and Trey's backed this play, but I honestly cannot wait until Vince kind of steps aside and lets uh, Trips and Steph run the the show, because I think you're going to see a big change when that happens. I think you're going to see tag teams be more prominent you're going to see a lot of things change in, in the business and you know i don't want to see it get any worse i want to see it get better and as far as tna is concerned they do some things right they do some things wrong i mean watching the show this week i thought that tara and mickey james delivered a good contest for the main event a lot of websites are reporting that's the first time two women have ever main evented a pay-per-view uh, or excuse me main evented a uh a primetime show like an Impact or a Raw, and that's obviously not the case. I I did read somewhere that I think Stephanie McMahon and Lita, perhaps, or somebody had a match on Monday Night Raw as the main event back in 2000, 2001. Victoria Uh, versus Lita. Oh, was it Victoria versus Lita? Uh, Yep, yep, 203.
4: I believe, JJ, wasn't it Trish and Lita that main evented a Raw one night?
1: Yes, yes, yes. That's Yes,
4: oh, man. I mean, you know what? If you're a guy like, and after this, I'll let you, know, let you get on with what you have to get on with. But I mean, you know, when Tara and Mickey, two knockouts who, you know, the minds of a lot of idiots are supposed to be eye candy, can put on such a show, and a person like Tara can wrestle through a screwed up injury... You know, if I'm a guy like Jeff Hardy, you know, you should be fucking ashamed, man. I mean, seriously, these are two women who went at it, two girls, two knockouts, who basically, you know, again, in the mind of a lot of people, are only there for eye candy. They cared enough about this company that is failing, that is getting bad ratings, to put on that type of a show. Mickey jumping off the top of a cage you know what, Jeff, you should bury your head in your freaking ass, man. And I don't mean to be this angry. You should bury your head in your ass. And you should say, you know what, this is what wrestling is about. This is what, you know, being a professional is about. And I should hang my head in freaking shame for showing up the way I did because In my opinion, and this may sound stupid, and maybe I've had a little bit too much to drink.
2: (laughs) What's wrong with that? I mean,
4: shit. Uh, Tara and Mickey are ten times the man that Jeff Hardy is. Fuck Jeff Hardy. That's my opinion. I never really cared for him or mocked out for him in WWE. He's a punk ass. He's selfish. You know, wait till... You know, the pay-per-view is over to get high, you freaking junkie. You know, hold up until your job is over. I like to drink. I don't go to freaking work drunk. I don't go to work high. I've had the same job for 10 years. Have some goddamn pride in what you do. I mean, he's, in my opinion, the only word to describe Jeff Hardy at this point is bitch. And that's it.
1: And you know what? I agree with you. You go back... In the history of Jeff Hardy, he left the WWE initially. What and back in two thousand and two, two I guess it was two thousand and two, he left the company because he had a drug problem that he wouldn't go to rehab, so he left. He goes to TNA a couple years later, no shows, events, comes to work high, you know, and then finally he ends up going back to the WWE. He Does a pretty good job. Uh, they give him you know a second chance. Does well for himself. Obviously, he's still doing the drugs. They give him a big push in 2009. They try to keep him on the roster. But no, he wants to go home and smoke dope and and do whatever. And then two weeks after his contract had expired, after he was already gone with the company, he gets pulled over and has all this opium and all this other drugs and gets all these charges. And the frustrating thing is we're a year past, a little over a year. And he still hasn't had any jail time. He's still up on charges. Uh, it, it just it blows my mind. And, you know, now he's, oh, I'm tired. You know, well, <laughs> goddamn, everybody else that went on that tour, guys like AJ Styles came in and did their fucking job. Okay. You know, everybody else but Jeff Hardy was okay. I mean, you can't sit there and say, well, it's because of this, it's because of that, it's because of this. It's because, and again, I'm speculating. Or at least I'm giving my opinion, and maybe I'm making, or excuse me, I'm giving my assumption, and maybe I'm making an ass out of myself by doing so. But the fact of the matter is, it's not because he was too, too too, tired or any of these other bullshit excuses. It's because he showed up to work high. And for anybody that wants to sit there and say, well, he didn't wrestle the match high. He didn't look like he was high. Then if he didn't look like he was high, tell me how come every spot that he did in that match was twist of fate. 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 He did seven fucking twist of fates all match long. That was his go-to thing.
4: Well, you know what? If I was Matt Morgan, man, I would have you know, went straight to Dixie if she was there and said, Listen, man, you know, I'm not going to risk spending the rest of my life in a wheelchair, and I know you've been in the ring before, because this guy is high. I mean, you know what, man? and I say this and I hang up it's going to end like this man and this is the way it's going to be I like the wind I like the water I dropped the soap but we stretched my ass I'm out that's the way it's going to end man JJ you take care you will be fucking host of the year <laughs> you deserve it thank you for everything good night my brother
1: thanks Bronx man I'll talk to you soon okay bye you know thank you for for listening to all the shows on the SNS radio network uh you know Trey and myself and everybody else associated with this network do it for you guys you know again we're just fans just like you for the fans by the fans and we really take that approach with every show on this network so uh you know definitely keep tuning in and we'll uh, we'll keep cranking out the best product that we can as long as you come with your sense of humor and you're here to chill you're going to have a good time so and thanks everybody. I want to thank the fucking foreign kid for booking an interview with uh, with Lance Hoyt. It's good talking to him again. It's been a while. And uh, Crelly, keep up the good work, man. You are working your ass off, and uh, I I especially appreciate everything you're doing for this network and the shows. And keep it up, my friend. You're doing great.
5: I will, and there will be and there will be more in the future. I guarantee it. Crelly,
7: are you still on that radio show?
5: Yes, mum, yes, I am, shush. Mum, go back to the kitchen, stay there, I'm talking to JJ, go away.
1: Is the tray dog all there?
5: No, the tray's at work, now go away, they can hear you.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, be
3: sure to wash your underwear in the morning, love.
5: Okay, go away, mum. God, don't you hate when she does that shit? Yeah, it happens at time nowadays.
1: <laughs> <I> fucking... <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, Crelly, again, man, thanks for everything, and I'll uh, I'll talk to you this week. All right, guys, with that said, we are getting out of here. Going to wrap the show with some Queen, and I have to give credit to uh, Costino for this one. We'll see you Monday night, 1130 Eastern, 930 Mountain Standard Time, for another episode of Wrestling News Live with the Trey Dog and myself. Be sure to vote radio awards, audiowrestling.com, SNS, WNL. we're sweeping, sweeping the nation. We're taking these awards, and we need your help. So with that said, guys, I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay, and you've just been unplugged.
3: I paid my dues time after time. I've done my sentence but committed no crime. There's been no bed of roses